Would you remain standing and join in the reciting of the Shema, which comes from the books of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, proclaiming the basic foundations of our faith. If you remember when I'm in here, we don't do call and response. We just get after it. So would you repeat the Shema with me? As you remain standing, hear these words from the book of John, chapter 20. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So how many of you, when asked who your favorite disciple is, would name Thomas? How many of you maybe would ask if you like if you were like any disciple if you could be like any disciple if you could emulate that disciple's life how many of you would go oh yeah totally Thomas that's Thomas is my dude right no, nobody Thomas is not one of those disciples that people get really fired up about in fact I have never seen a little statue of Thomas on somebody's dashboard he just he just doesn't get that kind of publicity. And I think a, a reason is because we misunderstand Thomas. Because when you say Thomas, inevitably you always say, Doubting Thomas. Oh. Who wants to be a Doubting Thomas in here? Yeah, no, you don't want to be a Doubting Thomas. That's a negative thing, right? Because when people say that, oh, you're just a Doubting Thomas. You don't have faith enough. Your faith isn't strong. And I'm here to tell you, I'm a... I, I would like to turn your opinion around about who Thomas is. Because I think Thomas gets a bad rap here. Because we focus in on some negative aspects of this kind of thing going on with Thomas and Jesus. And we miss, I think, something bigger. So Thomas, okay, Thomas has kind of a history of the, yeah, but, right? I mean, there's not much we know about Thomas. There's not much that Thomas does throughout the story. But it seems like every time he's talked to by Jesus, he's like, yeah, but I mean, right here with the disciples, the disciples see Jesus in the flesh after the resurrection. And he's like, yeah, uh, but previously in the gospel of John, Jesus says, in my father's house are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'll come to get you to be with me where I am. And Thomas is like, yeah, but how do we know where you are? How do we know the directions? Remember that? 
And what does Jesus say? I am the way and the truth and the life. Right? So Thomas has this kind of a history of saying questions maybe that everybody else is thinking, but no one else has the guts to say them. So let's paint a picture of what's going on in Thomas's life here, okay? So Thomas has been with Jesus and the disciples for three years. They have been doing everything together, living together, eating, sleeping, everything. He has seen Jesus walk on water. He has seen a dead man come to life again. He has sat on a hillside with 4,000 people, and Jesus goes, yeah, we can totally feed them. He has seen... Blind people see. He's seen all of this stuff. He's seen how Jesus would love when no one else would. He's heard the teachings of Jesus. He's been the same places that the disciples have. And yet, on Easter Sunday, when the resurrection happens, where's Thomas? Think about this. I mean, you know, the disciples are all in the upper room. We don't know where Thomas is. It doesn't say where he is. It just says he wasn't with them. Maybe, and this is just purely... Real academic work that I did here. Maybe the disciples were hungry. And they're like, hey, does anybody, like, we're hungry. Can somebody go get food for us? And Thomas is like, yeah, I got a great falafel place I know of. I'll go get some food for us. So the disciples are sitting in there and just kind of worried about it. And they're looking at Peter, what's going on? What are we going to do? And, and Thomas is out getting falafel. And Jesus shows up. Thomas comes back, arms full of falafel. Hey, everybody, I'm back. And they're like, you would not believe what happened when you were gone. Okay, how would you like to be Thomas? You know, like, wh- what? What? He came? Who came? He- Jesus came when I went to Abe's Falafel House. He was here. No. Uh-uh. uh-uh. No, 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 no. He was here? Think about this. You're the guy who is gone. Now, Jesus conquered death, okay? And so here are the disciples. They're saying, look, he was raised from the dead. We saw the holes in his hands and in his side. It was, he was here, Thomas. And they're excited and pumped about it. Thomas is probably excited, too. But what else do you think was going through Thomas's mind? Well, why did he come when, when I wasn't here? Why did he pick that time? Because, okay, if he could conquer death, he could have waited five more minutes for me to get back with some falafel. Why then? Why was it, why was I not worthy enough to see the resurrected Lord? Can you hear what's going on, what might be going on in Thomas's head? Just the self-deprecating, I'm not worthy enough. I always knew that I wasn't as good as disciples as the rest of these guys. This just confirms it. And he begins to doubt stuff. But then when Jesus comes in, he sees, Jesus says, believe. And then we get to this part that we all call the rebuke, the rebuke of Thomas. Thomas, you believe because you see. I want to challenge our hearing of that. Because if you read the story previously in the resurrection, John and Peter are sitting in the upper room, right? So it's the day that Jesus is raised from the dead. Mary and the other Mary go down to the tomb. They see that the tomb is empty. They go back to the upper room. They tell the disciples, it's empty, the tomb, he's gone, he's risen. And what do Peter and John do? They run to the tomb. Why? 
because they got to see it to believe it. In John's own words, John says, when he saw, he believed. So John, talking about himself, says that it was, I had to see it in order to believe it. And yet, a little bit later, we get all over Thomas for not believing if you didn't see. Do you see maybe that there's something else going on here? Because why would John say this about himself? I mean, we all know that John likes himself, like the disciple whom Jesus loved. Okay, we get it. But why would we come down to this Thomas thing? And, and Thomas is like, oh, well, you didn't believe when you didn't. Blessed are those. What's Thomas's reaction? What does Thomas say to Jesus? My master, my God. This is a significant moment here because there is a shift in the understanding of who Jesus is for the disciples. And Thomas is the first one to call it out. If you remember, the book of John starts with, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is setting up his whole story to tell you that Jesus is God. And he goes through the life and the ministry of Jesus and the disciples, and he gets to the end, because most scholars believe that chapter 20 is the end of John. Chapter 21 comes a little bit later. But chapter 20, John wraps up his story by saying, My Master, my God. He's bringing this thing full circle, and it's through the belief and the faith of doubting Thomas. It's through the eyes of this disciple, Thomas, that we see who Jesus is. God. So maybe we need to rethink this doubting thing. Because maybe it's not as bad as we like to say that it is. How many of you ever doubted? How many of you ever had one of those, thank you, children are honest, the rest of you apparently are really strong in your faith. <laughs> I mean, how many of you ever had those nights where you're just like, just grinding through some pain and some torment and some suffering and you're starting to doubt your faith? You're starting to doubt things about God. You're starting to ask some questions that you thought you would never ask. You certainly would never ask them out loud. You ever been there? I have. Man, I tell you what, I have been there multiple times at the foot of my daughter's bed late at night, and she's sleeping. And I'm on my knees, and I'm lost, and I'm lonely, and I'm in pain for what's going on in her life and how her life is affecting our lives. And I'm in pain because I've cried out to heaven multiple times, time and time again, where are you? What are you doing here? I know you can heal. Heal. And these little things start quivering. Because, because doubt leads to uncertainty, right? When we live in this land of uncertainty, what comes next? Fear. Fear comes after that. When you don't have a certain grasp on things, then fear starts to creep in. And then you start asking these questions that you never thought you would ask. And all the while, God's going... Ask it. Ask that question. Because faith isn't a, a, a what. It's a who. See, my belief is that Thomas wasn't doubting who God was or who Jesus was. Thomas was doubting what was going on. Thomas was a little uncertain about the circumstances going on here. Because, wait, Jesus was in this room? 
See, we get to these places sometimes where Thomas wasn't doubting God or who God is, just what was going on. Faith is understanding the who, is believing in the God Almighty. Faith is being able to sit at the foot of a child's bed in pain and confusion and tears, questioning what's going on, but not questioning who's in control. Sometimes when we doubt like that and we come through to the other side, we have these moments like Thomas. Oh, you're God. Oh my gosh. Can you see Thomas? Because his reaction is going to be totally different than the other disciples because this is the second time, right? But here he is. He's heard, but now it's, it's right here. So he's, he's going to turn to the other disciples and go, do you all get this? Do you understand? Do you understand what this makes him? Who this makes him? He's God. And here's the thing that Jesus is leading them up to. Because Jesus says, blessed are you. You see and you believe. But blessed are the ones who don't. Why do you think he's leading him down this path? Is it to, is it to hit Thomas and to knock Thomas down when Thomas has just had this realization? Or is it to say, I'm about not to be here anymore? Remember that time I told you in my father's house or many rooms and I can go prepare a place for you and I'll come back? I'm about to go prepare the place. In the meantime, you've got to tell the story. In the meantime, you need to tell people about what went down here and who did it. There's going to be a lot of people, thousands, millions of people who are coming after you who will not have the advantage of being able to stick their finger in the holes of my hands, but they have the advantage of hearing the story from you. And they, they have the advantage of understanding what it means to truly, truly believe in who I am. You think it was almost kind of a fire them up and win one for the giver type message? I love the way that John wraps this up. And he says, there are so many things that I could tell you about. There are so many miraculous things that Jesus did. And we could go on and on and on about this. But I've told you about these things. So that you may believe in who Jesus is. And through that, have life. May we, even in the midst of doubts, remember the who. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And may we have life. Amen.